On this episode of Reliterated, children climb into a wooden structure and are magically whisked away to a wintry land, where they meet a figure of great renown who inspires a resistance to free their country from the monarch who currently lays claim to it. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe will have to wait until next week. But until then, we're going to be hanging out in the Magic Treehouse and crossing the Delaware River with George Washington as we discuss Revolutionary War on Wednesday on Reliterated, the podcast that sticks a feather in its cap and calls it a feathered cap. To Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of grown ass adults reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020s hindsight. Fair warning we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. And in some cases, in some episodes, we're going to start saying stuff that we believe are true, that we may not know is actually factually true. We're going to be talking about things that people assume are true. <laughs> so don't go quoting this episode as any part of serious research papers or anything of that nature. Don't don't come here searching for facts. <laughs> the opinions held herein are those that of us at this time, and please don't use them to cancel us in the future. I'm Andy. I'm Harold. And I'm Josh. And we're going to be talking about The Magic Treehouse, book number 22, Revolutionary War on Wednesday, by the author Mary Pope Osborne, and published in the year 2000. Yeah, we fooled you. We fooled you. You thought we were going to do The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe this week, but nah. Nah. Nope. Yeah, because that's not how scheduling works sometimes. <laughs> we switched it up. Sometimes life throws us curveballs. But we figure, you know, America and Christianity are so interchangeable, you know, that we can just throw out this book about America and uh, it wouldn't make a big difference. Sure. That must be one of those opinions you're talking about because <laughs> because things there are things that are going to be said that are factual and being found from uh sources that are reputable. So <laughs> I think I think Andy's a government shill. Yeah. He just tried to he just tried to downplay <laughs> Are you afraid? Are okay. you afraid that we're gonna release information well, about gonna- the Revolutionary War that doesn't live up to the mythos that the Revolutionary War has? <laughs> I don't know, because who can have any claim to the truth whatsoever? Historians. Historians. Yes. Kind of like, there are historians, and then there's historians, just like there's facts, and then there's facts, and there's the truth, and the truth. No, no, and both of those, one of them is correct, and the other one is just mythological made-up stories to make things sound really pretty and awesome to get people riled up (laughs) and thinking that there's some kind of magic that created everything. (laughs) What a time we live in. Yes. (laughs) Nothing is true except for the truth, but who can know that? Again, there are people that know the truth. So this book was uh, interesting. Uh, I'm definitely going to get to a Bob's Your Uncle here, but I have to say that um, it was obviously it was written in the it was written in the 90s. Uh, and 
published in the year 2000s. Uh, let's uh, touch on the Magic Treehouse series as a whole and yeah. kind of spiral our way into the <clears throat> uh, specifics of this particular one. Okay. But this goes with our 90s books because the series obviously started in the 1990s. Okay, yeah. I can't believe she wrote it in 2000. I guess, yeah, that makes sense that year 2000, they were still, people weren't really aware of some of the more bitter truths about what actually happened during the founding of our country because we were still fully in the uh, propaganda that has been sold to us for a long time. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense because a lot of us still are. There are still a lot of people that are, but I'm just really su- I was really surprised by that. But the Magic Treehouse, uh, yeah, in general, is a uh, about a treehouse. These kids have this treehouse uh, that is full of books, and they are able to pick a book and open it up, and they're able to travel to the setting of that book. According to the prologue in the book, they. They came across it one summer day in Frog Creek, Pennsylvania, and discovered that the treehouse belongs to Morgan Le Fay, the librarian from Camelot, the long-ago kingdom of King Arthur. She was actually a sorceress, but sure, we'll go with that. (laughs) Magical librarian, according to Mary Pope Osborne. Is there really a big difference between that? (laughs) I mean, my mom is a magical librarian, and I never thought of her as a sorceress. Well, that's because she's your mom, but trust me, everyone else thinks of her as a sorceress. I wonder if this series is connected to the librarians, the movie slash TV series. Because in that one, it also has to do with Camelot. Mm. Huh. So weird. I've never seen it, but I mean, if the person that wrote that series was at the right age to have read the Magic Treehouse series, then maybe. Yeah, maybe. Has a uh, guy from ER, Noah. Noah. Anyway, he's in it sometimes. And the show itself, the show was better than the movies. The movies are like, they're, they seem, I think they were made for TV movies, to be honest with you. So they're of that quality. The whole okay, yeah. Xena, Hercules vibe. But then they had the show on TBS and that was actually a lot of fun. It was really cool. Well, I mean, when the lead actor of the show is named Noah Noah, I mean, no, clearly. it's Noah Wiley, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just couldn't think of his last name. Here, let me bing it. I'll bing it. I believe you're correct, Noah Wiley. Do we have any idea, like, how long did these Magic Treehouse books run for? Yeah, it was Noah Wiley. <laughs> So the Magic Treehouse books actually were going for a long time. Mary Pope Osborne, she writes the Magic Treehouse series, and she has, as of 2017, was still writing them, and it says that they're they're, uh, through the present, so yeah, I believe she is still writing. It is ongoing, eh? Night of the Ninjas. We should do that one. <laughs> she she wrote a book containing ninjas as well. Yes, Night of hmm. the Ninjas came out in '94. I wonder if there are any ninjas in it. Well, there's a ninja on the cover, but there were ninjas on the cover of the book that we read as well. <laughs> so. There were, so they're not there were flaming the ninjas. <laughs> when you read it from start to finish, I bet there's going to be ninjas in that one. <laughs> but yeah, the last one that was published, I see here, was in uh, January of this year. Okay. Sunlight on the Snow Leopard. Now, Mary Pope Osborne is the only one that writes these books. 
I saw that she was she co-authors them with her husband. Okay, I guess he he helps her out, but she's the uh, the main name on on the series. Yeah, she's been awarded to a number of best books of the year lists, such as the School Library Journal, Parents Magazine, the Bulletin of the Center for Children's Books, Bank Street College. Uh, but I don't think she's ever won a Newbery. I do not see a Newbery in that. I mean, I don't know that these are Newbery worthy. No, the, these are more. These are definitely aimed towards younger children for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. It like, was 60, 69 pages. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's almost like you read this to your kids before bed because it, it's very quick. Sixty nine pages. <laughs> <laughs> these seem to be more of a, the type of book where it kind of sparks children's imagination and uh, desire to learn, rather than go for any sort of literary kind of excellence but it that is still an important form of uh of literature as well as the kind of books that do the uh the grunt work of attracting kids to the world of books and learning and history and uh conserv like conservatism or conservationism i don't know nature shit yeah that's conservatism <laughs> conservatism <laughs> i don't know my thought on it conservatorianism with the- with how short the the book was and, you know, there's a lot of pages that have pictures on them, so it's only like half the page is actual words. Um, it seems to me like this is kind of like a step. This is, okay, you're not reading a picture book anymore, a children's picture book. Mm-hmm. This is actually like a chapter book, it looks like, you know, so kids can read it, but it's not so daunting that they're like, oh my God, I've been reading for five hours and I'm not even... A right. little ways into this book. Nice big pictures to look at for the kids. Yep. Yeah. So it kind of gives them that sense of accomplishment when they finish this book. Like, man, I read a whole chapter book, but it really for isn't real. that that long of a book. Mm-hmm. I am not usually able to read one of our books in a day, and I read this book in a day. <laughs> I read this book in 20 minutes. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, like, even, no, it- like even the goosebumps. I'm very distractible, and I got a lot going on, so I can't always even dedicate 20 minutes to reading. Yeah, it took, it took me probably about a half hour to read this book, and I was also had a show on in the background and was randomly like looking over at my computer and doing things the whole time I was reading it. So it, it definitely was an easy read. It was fast. Um, and it was full of fallacies and (laughs) (laughs) half truths, half truths. Yeah. I guess not full on fallacies, but half truths. And let's, let's call them literary embellishments. Yeah. Patriotic embellishments. <laughs> Patriotic embellishments. Yeah. All right. So I think we found ourselves at the spot where we can uh, get a summary of this of this thing. All right. So Revolutionary War on a Wednesday features Jack and Annie, a brother and sister, who have a magic tree house that they can go into and uh, go to the setting of any book. Well, Morgan Le Fay gives them tasks throughout the books, and in this one, they had a task of finding something they could send in history. They had to find something to follow, something to send, something to learn, and something to lend. So, for this 
it, these books run in like series of four at a time. Um, <clears throat> and in this one, it was they needed to find something to send. And the book ends with them having to get the next thing. So they go up and they look into the Revolutionary War. And they go back in time to December 25th. And I don't remember the year, but it was December 25th. 1776. 1776. It was 1776. So it's December 25th, 1776. They go back in time to to that day, which is the day that Washington crossed the Delaware with the Continental Army. Um, When they get there, they're trying to figure out what it is they need to send because they're not given much more information than something to send. So they go and they're looking for Continental Army or Patriots, as they call them. And uh, they're worried about running into the Redcoats, which are the British Army. Uh, They come across a small encampment of guys sitting around a fire that happen to be in the Continental Army. And they follow them to the Delaware River, where Washington is loading up the boats. Washington gives a little speech. Uh, and then Annie sneaks onto one of the boats, <clears throat> prompting Jack to jump on and follow her. And when they get across, George, Walk- George Washington notices them and kind of gets after him a little bit and wants to send him back. And eventually he does. They go back across the river. They get back into the treehouse. And Bob's your uncle. Magic treehouse. War on a re- revolutionary war on a Wednesday. And it's literally that's I mean, if I said any more, I might as well not do the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened <laughs> yeah there's not much to this book no it's 69 pages and a lot of it is stuff we already know yeah i find it weird that she does the revolutionary war on a wednesday and it takes place on christmas and they barely mention it like that was one of the main reasons that it they succeeded was because it was on christmas well they mentioned it like three different times because someone said merry christmas uh, or Annie said Merry Christmas, George Washington didn't say Merry Christmas back, and then later George what? Washington says Merry Christmas. And they Is also that mentioned even something that they said back then? I don't know. Probably Christmas existed. Well, yeah, Christmas <laughs> existed, but I don't know if it was Merry Christmas or was it still Happy Christmas, because that's what they say in England. Sure. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> Washington and the army were crossing the Delaware River so they could attack the... Uh, the British outpost uh, in Trenton, New Jersey, uh, that was occupied by a bunch of Hessian soldiers. And because it was Christmas and they were all uh, carousing and uh, celebrating and drinking and all that, they were caught off guard and uh, the Continental Army was able to win with hardly any losses on their side. Yeah, they took like a thousand prisoners. But they don't talk about that in the book. They yeah. talked about the thousand before. prisoners. Yeah, they did. <laughs> did they? They talked about how. Yeah, they talked about how that happened. They didn't. It wasn't part of the story in the book, but they did mention oh, that that's well, yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah no, yes, what, you're right. Their their yeah. little adventure was literally they got in a boat, they crossed the river, then they got sent back across the river, and then they went home. That like, was yeah, that was the story. <laughs> that was their I like adventure. How their big task was to like pep talk George Washington when he got cold feet about the <laughs> the whole thing, right? And they they pep talk him with his own speech, with his own speech that he gave, which was his- Thomas Paine's "The American Crisis." Yep. Which I'm not sure if that was the speech that Washington gave that night or. Yeah, I'm not sure that it is either. It's a popular Thomas Paine pamphlet from those days, but yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Washington said that to his army. 
he very well may have trying to get them riled up to go fight. There's this, there's one part in here that made me like somewhat upset, and it's just these people were called Tories. No, they were called loyalists. <laughs> Isn't that what they called the loyalists, the Tories? No, they weren't called. I don't Didn't think they, they were called Tories. Call them Tories. Maybe I'm. I don't remember them being <laughs> called Tories. I've always heard them called loyalists. I wonder if that's a thing. Yeah, they were. Tories were were colonists who helped and even fought with the British during the American Revolutionary War, also known as loyalists. Ah, there you go. So it's just another- It's the same damn thing. It's not either or, it's both and. Good to know. See, here we go. (laughs) Talking about things like we know they're facts when- Yep. That's what I'm saying. Talking on my ass. I didn't say something that I (laughs) like. I knew it was a fact. I I, I'm not going to speak on anything like that without having the the information in front of me here. Yeah. No. You're you're perfect. But Josh and I, I, we tend to say things that are not true. I I I don't even pronounce things correctly half the time. Based on our assumptions. Hell, I thought I didn't. I thought they were called Hessians, not Hessians. So that tells it you may, something. I don't know. It may have been pronounced Hessians. No, I'm not gonna say. There's that, a bunch of weird pronunciations. I'm of not words. gonna say that I don't <laughs> make assumptions. But for this specifically, because of something I want to say, I specifically pulled up information because I was like, I'm not gonna say anything and then have somebody. Come back and be like, that's not true. The Americans fought and they actually paid the government to be able to fight because they wanted to fight so bad for America. You know, I don't want somebody trying to say that because that's not at all what happened. <laughs> they they definitely made it sound like uh, in this book that everybody was just there because they were like, fuck yeah, man, we need to fight for America. We're fighting for our country. Yeah, but, but a lot of them were there because they were promised money. Um and they were, you know, sent home with essentially nothing and went through a bunch of different uh, processes to try and get that and never, never got it. They just all kind of went home in poverty. Mm-hmm. And also we owe, we owe a lot of our victory to the fact that the French hated the British so much and came over to America to help us yep. uh, with uh, the promise of good relations down the road once we were an established country. Yeah, and instead, what do we have? We all talk shit about the French like they're a bunch of pussies, even though <laughs> yeah. they're half the reason that we're a country, <laughs> you know? And we're on generally good terms with England. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we're on good terms with France, too, yeah. you know, as far as our country goes. But you talk to somebody about the French in America, and they're going to talk about, <laughs> oh, the French are they they surrendered in World War II. <laughs> well, they hate us equally as much, so well, I'm not fine. saying that isn't true. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I would still love to go to France and visit. <laughs> go to Nice. I don't want to go to Paris, but I do want to go to like, you know, other places by the beach. I would be worried about going to France. I don't want to be taken because I am not related to Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a white male. I think you're all right. <laughs> you, you'll just get recruited into one of the gangs that takes people. Oh, oh. yeah. You'll be pressed into their service. I, I don't think I would. <laughs> I just don't think I would do that. Yeah, no, you you remember remember Buck from Call of the Wild? Oh, yep. Yep, he, he started think he, beating me. <laughs> yep, it's possible with anybody. It is possible. <laughs> you get a man with a red sweater clubbing you every time you try to have a will of your own. <laughs> this is true. Never say never. 
I, I was interesting in this book. Uh, they wake up at 6 a.m. and they're like ready to go to this magic tree house. And it's like, I, I wouldn't want to get up at 6 a.m. to go do anything like that at the time. Like, if I was a little <laughs> kid, like, right. You know, and it's not even like they're really going to have fun. Honestly, they're going to the fucking Revolutionary War. There's nothing fun about where they went. <laughs> well, they didn't know that they were going right? to the war at first. And then they were kind of skittish at first about going. Because it just, was another war. Because yeah, the they previous had, they book had, had just, them going to the Civil War. Yeah. Yep. I didn't read that one, so I don't know what happened to that. <laughs> and I, I like the saving Camelot thing. Like, what is Camelot currently a place, or are they saving Camelot in the past, or is Camelot like a, a parallel universe, or or what? Is Camelot the library? Is that where all the yeah. books come from? Yeah, I was thrown by the needing to save Camelot and wondering how exactly any of this saves Camelot, too. <laughs> yeah, how a letter, which was essentially a pamphlet that was passed around, <laughs> uh, going back, to, taking that back to the the one soldier's kids, but only if they lost. Mm -hmm. And that's why they were able to take it. Right. And the one guy was... Was like they said they were from that town, and he's like, "Hey, I'm from there. Where are you? From? What part?" And they're like, uh, "By the woods." Uh, he's like, "Oh, yeah. you silly children! We're all by the woods." It's like, "Oh yeah, back then it was all <laughs> woods and farmland." All woods, right? <laughs> well, and the, what's funny is like by the end of they're like, "Ah, oh, and he's fine. He lived fine. Like, you don't know that. You didn't check in on him. <laughs> you left." Before they went to fight. Yeah, maybe he, he was one of the four casualties and you've yeah, he altered might. history. Yep. You fucked with the timeline, children. Yep, because ki his kids didn't the get the letter. <laughs> See, and now Trump's pre Trump became president. It's all your Seriously. fault. Fucking yeah. A. <laughs> yeah. I, the when they first get there, it's crazy. Like they their clothes change and everything as soon as they get there. So they show up and he's dressed up with a tri-corner hat and the coat with the buttons and the, you know, buckles on his shoes. Which I also found funny. He goes back, he gets shoes with buckles on him, his nice clothes, a scarf, all this. They come up on their Continental Army guys, it's a lot of them have cloth just wrapped around their feet because they don't even have shoes and stuff and I'm like dang man why didn't he show up like that <laughs> so the magic tree house is like quantum leap kids yeah kind of <laughs> they get zapped Seems to like time, time and place and they're in uh, period accurate uh, clothing and yeah yeah so they're not like Bill and Ted because Bill, Bill and Ted kept their regular clothes they just went back in time Right. Mm -hmm. And the magic treehouse provides. So, yes. yeah, the magic treehouse is magic, whereas Bill and Ted's, it's technology. Ah, right. okay. Yeah. There we go. Figured it out. <laughs> but in, in Back to the Future, like for the third one specifically, oh, no, and in the second one they do this, they dress for the time period before they go. Well, yeah, they have to acquire the right kind of clothes. Uh, right. Doc provided some... Uh, some clothes from the period for Marty when he got to the future. And when they had to go back to the Wild West, they had some really bizarre pink cowboy outfit for Marty because yeah, that, that was, was all they could was find. Crazy. Yeah, but they, <laughs> that's because they were basing it off of uh, movies. They were basing it off of Westerns. So they <laughs> he got all dressed up like that. And then they get he gets back there and everybody was in dusky brown 
you know, leather clothing because mm-hmm. that's what they wore. <laughs> and he rolls in and everyone was like, looks like the circus is in town. Yep. <laughs> so you're saying what I have my guy dressed up in, like in Red Dead Redemption, is not of the era? <laughs> say it's probably not period specific, no. <laughs> in his bright pink outfit <laughs> with the pink <laughs> the cavalier hat. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a lot of pastel colors at the time. <laughs> and I, so I find it interesting, too, like Jack, as he goes along, he's taking notes in a book. But again, having never read a Magic Treehouse book, or at least not read one, you know, since I was a really little kid, if I did, uh, he takes notes down as he's reading from this book, from this book about the Revolutionary War. And so, like, he sees this passage that says over 200 years ago the united states was made up of 13 colonies ruled by britain from 1775 until 1782 american patriots fought for independence from britain this was called the revolutionary war and jack makes the note american patriots fight for independence from britain fuck (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i mean like he like you know 13 colonies isn't important the fact that it was ruled by Britain wasn't important. It was seventeen five seventy five to seventeen eighty two. Not important. Patriots, Britain. Fuck yeah. <laughs> the fact that slavery was still still legal. Nope. No mention yeah. of that whatsoever. And then this right here. During the Revolutionary War, British soldiers wore red uniforms. For this reason, they were called redcoats. And he just writes, "British equals redcoats." <laughs> Patriots and redcoats. But yeah, Annie is uh, very much like she's she's kind of the I would say extrovert of the pair, and uh, Jack is would be more introverted because Annie's like straight up like let's go talk to these guys with guns, and Jack's like whoa hold on we don't know who they are you know. <laughs> At least she didn't break into anything. I mean, she kind of broke into the camp. That's so, true. Another another person, another female. <laughs> character breaking into something (laughs) kids do a lot of sneaking they sneaked onto the boat to cross the river with them that's that's so crazy because like they're breaking up ice and things like that why would you okay how big are these boats how are they able to hide in these boats that they don't see them seriously the story says that everybody was too busy to even notice loading the boats and getting everything ship shape I don't know. I feel like they would just be in the way (laughs) and then be like, no, go stand over there. You're not going with us. But at this point, they already had the letter and they knew that that's they could have taken that as something to send for what they needed for Morgan. But uh, I believe it was it was Annie that wanted to uh, spend more time with George Washington. Oh, yeah. She was totally uh, she was starstruck. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's George Washington. The strongest patriot. Father of our nation. Mm-hmm. He didn't even want to be president, and they just kind of made him. You know, it's it's funny, because the, the truth of what really happened was that basically, like, regular people, as always, regular people, it really wasn't that much of an effect on regular people, what was going on back then, but it affected the rich people. Yep. Okay, all the big landowners. So the landowners and the big rich people were the ones who wanted to fight the war for independence. That's where the whole no taxation without representation thing comes from, because honestly, the taxes were being paid and, you know, Britain was 
doing things for the colonies back then. It wasn't like they weren't doing anything, but it wasn't working out for the people, the landowners and the and the rich people. So they wanted to be like, hey, hey we could start our own fucking little kingdom over here, but we won't call it a kingdom. And you know what we can do? Mm-hmm. We can get poor poverty stricken people to fight for us by telling them we'll pay them money. And then we we just don't have to pay them that money because what the fuck are they going to do about it? They're poor people. And will appeal to their sense of patriotism, will appeal to their sense of love for the land that they live in. Yep. And that worked for a while. Yeah. It's still working today. <laughs> we stole this land fair and square. It worked for a <laughs> while at that time because near the end, at the towards the end, people were done. They wanted to be either discharged from the military or get paid. And Congress was holding on to them, uh, and they decided to furlough a lot of the men at first. And this is in 1783. They decided to furlough a lot of the men, and then they didn't discharge them till they got home because they were concerned that if they discharged them without paying them when they were still in army formation, that they would rebel and that they would then run across the countryside and loot and kill on their way back home. So they didn't discharge people right away. I mean, the first traitor of our of our country, we all learn about Benedict Arnold, how he was a traitor. Ah, you know why he was a traitor? Because the government fucked him over. He was one of the biggest patriots. He led so many battles, but people above him were mad because he was getting all the glory. And at one point, he was he was paying his soldiers out of his own pocket because he had money. So. Obviously, he was going to pay his soldiers with the expectation that, yes, the government will pay me back. So he goes to the government. Hey, I'm running out of money. I need I need money to pay my soldiers. And they came back and were like, actually, you owe us money. And that happened for years. Back and forth, back and forth. You owe me money. No, you owe us money. Back and forth. Until finally, he just ran out of money and decided, okay, it's worth it to go over there because I will have a spot in the Navy. I'm getting paid. He got, I believe it was 10,000 pounds, which wasn't like a ton, but I, th- I think it works out to around $500,000 today. And yeah, he basically was able to, uh, and he, he still lived. He lived till he was 60 and he betrayed the government just because the government fucked him. So, well, and they, they really fucked everybody because like they had mutinies, whole regiments that mutinied over all this. Uh, they didn't get paid. They had other other grievances having to do with the war, and basically they just wanted them to go. So that's why they furloughed them was so that they could be like, no, you're still in the army to kind of like appeal to that sense of discipline. Like, you know, you're still part of the military, but you can start heading home now and, you know, we'll call you back if we need you right away. And then as soon as they got back, they discharged them. They gave them uh, government scrip is what they call it, which I'm guessing is just papers that say it can, it, they could be redeemed for cash later, but they didn't have the cash right now. Uh, it's an I, it was basically an IOU that they gave people. But to to keep them calm, they let them keep all their army issue stuff. Their the uniforms, which most of their uniforms were destroyed by the end. Yeah, they got to keep their their weapons and other equipment. And most soldiers, as soon as they got back, they sold that stuff to whoever they could to try and get some money because they had no money for their families. Plus, they hadn't been working. They'd been fighting for the Continental Army. They just make it sound like in this book that everybody was super 
super hyped to be there and ready to go and a lot of them only only really joined because they were promised money that they weren't getting doing normal things they there wasn't a lot of money to go around at the time well i believe most of them were farmers they just worked for themselves yeah essentially people lived off their own means and if they had to leave to go fight in this war, they weren't going to be able to farm their land, which meant that they weren't going to be able to provide for their families. They essentially discharged all, most of the military, most of the army uh, by the end of it. Like there wasn't really an army. It's actually where a lot of that, uh, a lot of the draft stuff comes from is that our army wasn't necessarily uh, a standing army. Uh, sorry. What? What? <clears throat> <laughs> this is a kid's book podcast <laughs> but hey, hey I don't know who it was that picked Revolutionary War on a Wednesday I think I remember <laughs> my favorite line in the book they had caused trouble for George Washington just when the general was trying to make America an independent nation <laughs> oh yeah the kids felt bad about it they're like oh man we really fucked this up was this before or after he thought they were spies it was after they thought they were, he, they were spies, or just before they were suspected of being spies. They thought they were spies multiple times in the book. When they snuck up on the camp, they thought they were spies. <laughs> <clears throat> and then George Washington thought they might be spies when they snuck over on the boat. And at no point did someone just shoot them. <laughs> like they should have. I mean, <laughs> which would be really weird because this is a kid's book. They shot. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> oh, my God. These children were killed. Yeah, they should have shot them like they shot deserting soldiers who were mad they weren't getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they almost give give away that like they're kids from the future and they have mm -hmm. they know that this well they tell them that they know the attack is gonna work. And they're like, How do you know this? Right. <laughs> magic. A magic tree host to be specific. Yes. <laughs> it's magic. We're from the future. We know you guys are going to win, so go win. <laughs> yep. They do, uh, <clears throat> they get uh, George Washington to change his mind to uh, go ahead and continue on with the attack by, he says, thank you for giving me my own advice. <laughs> thank you both for telling me to listen to my own advice, which wasn't his advice. It was Thomas Paine's advice. <laughs> Right, and he does call. He does tell them "Merry Christmas" at that point, like "Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas." Now we're gonna go fucking kill a bunch of guys on Christmas <laughs> because they're expecting us to not be willing to fight on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, man, this book was pretty boring. Yeah, it was. I mean, also yeah. I'm done. It was, it was pretty. I mean, but again, this is boring, this is definitely was... for a lower age group. You know, and right. it does. I I think it does exactly what it's trying to do as far as as the teaching kids how to read, giving new words, longer words that they haven't experienced before, things like that. I I see it doing that, and it does a very good job of that. And I believe that is what they are set out to do in the Magic Treehouse series. This one is just uh the the setting is not the best. <laughs> so <laughs> no no. It's a very complicated subject matter in a very simple book. Right. Yes. Yeah. It comes from a, yeah. And, and like I said earlier, it comes from a time when, you know, that was like right now, today we argue back and forth about, you know, well, we should be telling the real history and people don't want real history told because that doesn't fit into the narrative that we've had for our whole lives. But, 
you know, this book fits into mm-hmm. the mythological history. George Washington is just this fucking great guy that everybody's so excited to mm-hmm. to get behind and paragon you know, of virtue, uh, yep. father of our country. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Motherfucker had slaves. He had slaves. <laughs> Don't care. He was a slave owner. Fuck that guy. Everybody had slaves back then. Don't care. I mean, I'm not saying. Fuck I'm everybody. not saying it was. Fuck I'm not saying people. it was right. I'm not saying it was right, but they didn't. They didn't invent slavery, dude. Oh, I'm not saying that. But anybody who owned humans in the past, fuck them. I don't care who they were. I will go. I will sit, stand firm on that. I do not care who they were. Fuck those people. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm just saying they didn't invent slavery. You can't get around that one. There's no way. There's no way. No how. No, Romans, I believe, invented slavery. <laughs> I doubt that Romans invented I it, doubt, dude. I, I, it yeah, probably, oh, it was I'm around sure. before you know what? the Roman in tribal, Empire. Tribals, yep. they probably would, yeah. I'm sure that they had slaves back, especially because there were sacrifices and things like that as well. They, they took slaves for that. Mm-hmm. So, uh just still, we don't it's need just, it. We don't need it any pro- now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's problematic to to hold people of the past to today's standards for sure. Because uh, I mean, that's the way that the times were. Not to excuse it, but uh, it's, yeah, it know. is what it is. That's that's yeah. what it was like back then. And like I say, like <laughs> way way back, it, you know. I mean, I think that the real difference when you start getting up into the late 1700s and the 1800s is that it was clearly we were coming to a different point in society, different ideas and realizations about what people are, you know, and whereas prior to that, if you want to talk like way back in like BC times or or early AD times, you're talking like they didn't think anybody, you know, there was no worth to people. There was no the thought mm-hmm. processes weren't becoming as philosophical yet. You, that yeah. doesn't really start until you start to get the Greek civilization in that, right. that you start getting a lot of that. And so, but even then that's 2000 years earlier than this, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, because for point- so long might made right, like any tribe that like conquers another tribe, they take the remains remains of that tribe and subjugate them to work for them, do the right. do all their labor and stuff. So you know, it's just we're trying to get out of that kind of mentality. Some of us are trying to get out of that Some mentality. Of us. Some of the more others are trying to bring us. it back. Yeah, yeah. Some of us are, there's others that are trying to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, when we allow ourselves to look at history more critically, which is why yep. like, cr- critical race theory is just a, a big part of this conversation of looking at history critically, not necessarily judging everybody saying, fuck that guy because he owns slaves, but right. take a step out and you know critically evaluate these things, not to morally condemn them but understand the way that things were and the way that things are because of the way things were and realize that we can be better and realize by we understanding can be better. it yeah yeah you know because th- that's the funny thing about critical race theory people are like critical race theory critical race theory it's like what you mean actual history like <laughs> we want to sit here and pretend like it didn't fucking happen you know you mean, I mean not talking about history like it's a goddamn religious uh writing or religious tome or whatever 
Right, right. Well, I mean, it's just like when when people say that the Civil War was fought for states' rights, when people try to say that about the Civil War, it was very clearly fought to keep slavery. Okay, it was. But the the reason that they say the states, it was for the states' rights to own slavery. That was the right. That was the only state right that they were fighting for. Yeah, they weren't fighting for any other states' rights. So. So when they when that happened, well, they had some other things, too, but the main one was slavery for sure. So when people try to say that, oh, it was about states rights. Well, you're trying to wash the history and pretend like the other thing didn't happen while at the same time admitting that it happened when you say it was 200 years ago. Get over it. You know, like (laughs) so it did happen, but you don't want to talk about it. You know, like you don't why don't we want to be clear on it? And what I find funny with that one too, is a lot of those same people want to make sure that you know the whole story and every single lash of the whip that their supposed savior got while he was walking up a fucking hill. They want to make sure you hear every single ounce of that so that you can feel (laughs) pity for that dude. But they Mm -hmm. don't want you to know every single lash of the whip that African-Americans suffered at those times. You know I mean? So fuck off you know <laughs> like <laughs> the fuck <sighs> yep yeah, the revolutionary any... war <laughs> yeah 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 on a wednesday <laughs> yeah i won't get going on christianity or <laughs> or how we do I that next week it. with language <laughs> in the wardrobe yeah yeah but yeah i wonder how like like the civil war was supposedly about states rights and self-determination by the states or whatever to do whatever they wanted to keep slaves to preserve their way of life and keep their economy stable whatever blah 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 Mm -hmm. uh kind of in the way like we fought the revolutionary war in the name of self-determination and independence and not being ruled by a man uh, across an ocean or whatever what when it was because that wasn't working out for the the rich landowners. Right. And by and large, people were just fine on their own homesteads, uh, living living the way they wanted to. And they didn't probably didn't have to pay too much taxes, whatever. But And whatever they did, it, it, most of it didn't affect them in any meaningful way. It's not like john smith that lived at a fucking had a farm that he had created and built a house with his own two hands was dealing with the fucking you know aristocracy from england he wasn't you know uh but benjamin franklin was george washington was they were going back and forth between britain and america on ships mm-hmm. they were writing they were known people and they were rich and i also find it funny that the whole thing everybody always be like they talk about the tax, no taxation without representation. Like they use that constantly to be like, yeah, they, we shouldn't even pay taxes. We fought to not pay taxes. No, we didn't <laughs> fight to not pay fucking taxes. Like, <laughs> no, we just wanted to be represented, you know? Right. And so, so now we just do that to, you know, Puerto Rico, Guam, right. uh, Africa right. and Samoa. Those are the only ones that we tax without representation now. <laughs> yeah, we tax them. And then they, we fight. To not allow them representation like it's a big deal Puerto Rico wants to be a state they want to be represented and Mm -hmm. it's like a huge fucking fight they won't let them because they refuse them because it's democratic it'll be Mm -hmm. two two more votes for Democrats and yep I'm I'm not a Democrat by any means but I'm definitely not a fucking Republican (laughs) 
So I don't think it's just that. I I isn't isn't uh Puerto Rico. I feel like there's I read something and I'm this is where I'm coming out and making an assumptive statement, but I'm pretty sure I read something that doing business using Puerto Rico saves you somehow. It's like a tax haven somehow. I can't remember mm. exactly. I don't know about Puerto Rico. I know that the Virgin Islands Okay. Heard of. Yeah. Mm, that's possible. Yeah. And if it becomes a state, it loses its tax haven status. Status. Yep. Status. Funny how all these decisions come down to what the rich want. Exactly. Yeah. Even mm. again, the Civil War. The people that mainly fought in the Civil War. Most of the people fighting in the Civil War did not own slaves themselves because they couldn't afford to. <laughs> right. So they had to be told it was for Southern pride. Yeah. Southern pride, states' rights. But you really you were fighting for the rich dude who owned the plantation with the 60 or 100 slaves that he had. And right. he wanted those slaves because he didn't want to pay those same people that he was willing to send to die fighting their brothers from the north. He didn't want to pay them to work his land. You know, so <laughs> and, and again, they, they went by the pride. It's it's wild, man. When you don't when people don't learn history and don't want to understand things, they can be led by the nose very easily. Yeah. This book didn't have much in it, man, because like, here we are. <laughs> here we fucking are. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Civil War. This had nothing to do with the Civil War. I tried to get us no. back on, on track talking about Revolution. the tone and No, no, no. Uh I mean I'm we're off on a, a subject of like the concept of why this happened, why what happened with these these wars. Now, like even like they talk about Thomas Paine in the book, and I actually enjoy that they talk about Thomas Paine, because Thomas Paine is some of my favorite writing from that time. Uh, he wrote Common Sense. Uh, he wrote The Rights of Man. He wrote The American Crisis. Those were all different pamphlets, right? And his books get, or they put them into book form now at this point, but they, they get misused constantly because he was, uh, he was not a Christian, but he wasn't necessarily like an atheist either. He was, what's the term for it? What was that term? Agnostic. No, it's not agnostic. It's where deist? like a, de a deist, a deist. Yeah. And so basically he thought there was a creator, but there wasn't like all the fucking stories about the shit was nonsense. You know, talking about like, oh, all this magic happened. He didn't believe in any of that. He just believed, yeah, there's definitely a God, but it really doesn't have a lot to do with what goes on. You know, it just mm -hmm. created everything and let it ride, you know. Right, right. And so he, he talks about that in Common Sense and the Rights of Man. He makes comments about the creator or, you know, God-given rights and all this kind of stuff. And people take that to me, think it means that America is intended to be a Christian nation. But it's not, because Thomas Paine was also adamantly against that specifically. Right. And he, he was also 100% for separation of church and state. So, I you know, when they talk about Thomas Paine in here, I think that's cool, because hopefully it'll get some kids to be interested enough to maybe look into things that Thomas Paine wrote. But I just worry about the context that they get that's fed to them by other people, because... It can easily be twisted. It's twisted constantly. Glenn Beck wrote a book called Common Sense based off of Thomas Paine's Common Sense, and he uses it to essentially say that, oh, you know, he meant for the whole country to be this, and, and he didn't. It's nonsense. 
<laughs> but they don't really give enough information in this book to to really push beyond that. They just make sure to say that they're patriots. They fought for independence. I mean, even the notes that Jack wrote down were those silly little notes. Um, they call they call him commander in chief a lot, and I thought he was a general. I don't know why they kept calling him commander in chief because I well, thought that was, was a term that was a came. General, but commander in chief is just the term for the highest ranking uh, member of the military, the the one with. All the way at the top, like right, obviously right. America didn't have a president yet, but so yep. like it was everybody was under George Washington, so he was the commander in chief. And I mean, there's that for him. The guy was riding on the front lines. I mean, I give him that at least, you know, mm-hmm. or at least according to the painting. And he had enough uh, dip- diplomatic tact and uh, strategic uh, wherewithal to to lead a, a bunch of a bunch of people who didn't want to be there <laughs> to well, victory. And- and he actually was part of the reason that people didn't rebel. Like he held the armies back or the army back from actually turning on the country uh, by being George Washington. So he did hold some esteem among those men. And your dad's birds think he was very pretty. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> They're going to get a credit on this episode. <laughs> oh, dude, she I, I swear to God, that bird hates me. And she she knows she's been quiet all afternoon. I swear she knows. <laughs> And that's why she's yep. making all the noise right now. I'm she fucking bit me. I went, I went to fucking feed her like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. I was being nice to her and I was like, oh, and I was trying to like get her to like me. And I fucking mm-hmm. reached in her cage to get her bowl to feed her. And little bitch fucking bit me. <sighs> she runs across the fucking cage and bites my fucking hand. I don't, I, have, I, don't, under, I don't understand the appeal. <laughs> I don't understand the appeal either. Owning birds like that. Yeah, I don't understand the appeal either. They they have knives for mouths and they, <laughs> you know, it just, I don't know. They don't give a fuck. Birds are meant to fly. These ones specifically <laughs> are meant to fly in a jungle and instead they live in Michigan in a house. Mm-hmm. In like a two squ- cubic foot space. Right. I mean, they're like let two, out. 200 decibels between them. Right. Yeah, they're let out and they're allowed to like get around and stuff like that. But still, it's just they're in a house. They aren't flying uh-huh. free like birds. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's your chance, Harold. Give them liberty or give them death. Yeah. Either or. <laughs> we got a podcast to run. <laughs> right. <laughs> I vote death. Fuck those birds. I hate them so much. I wish there was some way to shut them up, but I swear to God, if I start saying anything to her, she's just going to get worse. (laughs) Well, okay. So the Magic Treehouse saga continues after this with Twister on Tuesday. Very cool. Yeah. What is up with that? Was, is that like, are all the books a day of the week? No. They don't have some sort of alliteration, but they come in like segments. Um, we're like the, f- the first few was like dinosaurs before dark, the night at dawn, which is a pretty clever title. <laughs> Mummies in the morning, pirates past noon, night of the ninjas. So there's a, s- the first section is like different times of the day. And then actually they, all the titles seem to be like times for things to happen. Okay. As I'm looking at the list here. I guess that makes sense. Cause they're traveling through time in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell. It's kind of a more clever naming convention than just like the monsters of Madison or <laughs> right the little leprechauns of Lansing. Well, I, I just found it interesting, like because at the end of the book, she Morgan Le Fay tells them to come back on Tuesday, come back to the treehouse on Tuesday. 
But it's mm-hmm. Wednesday, so they got to wait like an almost a week to go back to their treehouse and read books. Right? Like, that's can they come back and? She gives them a few days rest. The last one was Civil War on Sunday. Now we got Revolutionary War on Wednesday. Now a Twister on Tuesday. You would think Twister on Tuesday would have come first. That way they had like Monday, Tuesday, and then go to the Revolutionary <laughs> War really quick on Wednesday because you're not doing a whole fucking lot. Hey, <laughs> these, these kids have seen war two straight trips in the treehouse have they though they didn't see war they didn't they really saw... see war in this in this one either and they probably didn't really see war in civil war they were just in like camps or something where they were very safe and didn't have to witness the the atrocities that that mankind uh commits on each other but see, that's that's the book I want to read is these two kids witnessing the <laughs> atrocities of war and coming back, like holding each other in the magic treehouse and crying as they right? shake because they saw some fucking guy get his leg blown off by a cannon. <laughs> I was just about to say, Annie held the held the bandage tight as Jack sewed, uh, sawed off the man's leg. They had to remove it. Otherwise, the infection from the bullet would definitely set in. At least this gives him some, gave him a fighting chance. <laughs> Have you already started writing the gritty reboot? <laughs> the gritty reboot of Revolutionary War to Wednesday. <laughs> I got to finish my other one first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finish rewriting Bionic Bats. Bionic Bats and Bad Axe, buddy. Bad <laughs> So yeah, I think that'll do it for this for this book. Anyway, yeah. Do you think Maybe we're there's... gonna come back to the magic treehouse at any point? Man, I don't know if I if we should because, like I say, it really we, I, might we have, have to, to look do into it. like a couple of them at a time. Almost yeah. because mm. it's just there's not enough to talk about really. We had, well, yeah. we were lucky to get off on tangents on this one, but <laughs> right. Well, and how it seems to work is that, you know, it's like four or five books that are all tied together. So, like, it, right. as it says here, like, uh, books five through eight, Jack and Annie helped free Morgan from a spell and books nine through 12. So, I mean, we might just need to grab all three or four of the books and, and read all of them to get the actual full story because there's mm-hmm. obviously a full story here. They went to the Civil War, they're doing Twister on a Tuesday and Revolutionary War on a Wednesday and clearly they're solving or doing something there because they had to get that letter to mm-hmm. be able to send. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who they where they were going to send it, but they yeah. had to get it. Alternatively, what they do with uh, every time they release a book is they release a research guide companion book with more facts about uh, the subject matter in the uh, the actual um, storyline, like this one came with a research guide to the American Revolution, uh, where it's a nonfiction companion to uh, Revolutionary War on Wednesday. So they release hmm. alongside all these books uh, a nonfiction uh, kind of fact book that may have been interesting to take a look at alongside this. I will say that I did uh, watch a few YouTube videos on uh, Washington crossing the Delaware uh, to prepare for this one. Um, one of them was, the, uh, of course, the drunk history <laughs> of uh, <laughs> Washington crossing the Delaware. It isn't as, isn't, it isn't as good as a lot of other uh, drunk history uh, right? because it's basically George Washington taking over drunk uh, Germans. But there is a... Um, I mean, there's not going to be a movie 
or like TV series per se made of the Magic Treehouse, but there was a uh, a movie starring Jeff Daniels as George Washington called The Crossing, made in uh, two thousand, I think. Okay. Well, I I I I I think I I think we should get on those boats and uh, cr- maybe maybe cross this river. Let's get on the boats and cross the river, then. Let's do it. <laughs> so I if for if for the end of this, I want to actually go to the to the front of the book on the first page as I was just looking through this part where it says here here's what kids have to say to Mary Pope Osborne author of the Magic Treehouse series I think I know and what I'm, you're looking at I'm going down to the third one down yeah and this kid's name is Will B and <laughs> he writes I'm really enjoying your Magic Treehouse books they are my favorite books today I had to write about three people I want to have come over for dinner the three people I chose are Thomas Jefferson Nicholas Cage and you guessed it Mary Pope Osborne. <laughs> I wonder where Nick Cage. I wonder where that kid is today, you know? <laughs> I think he just wants to hear Nicholas Cage tell Thomas Jefferson that he's going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Mary Pope Osborne's going to write about it. Yo. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That is an eclectic bunch for sure. For sure. I was just like spanning through it real quick and I was like, Nicolas Cage, I got to read this. (laughs) 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 Which one of you posted the thing about him wanting to look like a can of biscuits? Was that? Oh, that that was me. That was me. Yeah. (laughs) No, he, somebody asked him why he was dressed. He was wearing a plaid suit. Oh, and they were like, that and they yeah. asked him why. Shortbread. It was shortbread. <laughs> yeah, yep. it was shortbread. shortbread. He, he started by saying, well, I really love shortbread. And <laughs> every time I'm in Britain, I make sure to get myself a can of shortbread. And it comes in a can that looks just like this. And no, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, he, like, he was just going on the guy. And you could tell it was total sarcasm. Like, I don't give a fuck about you guy. <laughs> oh, Nick Cage. Yeah. National treasure. <laughs> that yep. movie's coming out soon. Oh, I'm excited. The, the oh, the Nick of, Cage uh, movie? Yeah, the one where he yeah. plays himself. Yeah. Yeah, the massive weight of undeni- massive weight of unbearable talent or of unbearable talent or undeniable talent. Undeniable like talent. That. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That looks good. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Quirky as hell. Yep. <laughs> How bad is Nick Cage's tax problem? He's making a movie about being Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Having money problems. <laughs> Having money problems and doing something for money to fix his tax problem. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, it's the great. guy bought himself a private island. He's an actor. He's not a fucking. He's not Jeff Bezos. <laughs> so for some reason, he bought himself a private island. Uh, we gotta get him on the show. Oh Just yeah, because. sure. <laughs> that would be one kind of. That would be one hell of a pull. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's get Janelle on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Janelle, can you uh, can you get us Nicolas Cage? Please and thank I, you. Yep. Start reaching out to Nicolas Cage. <laughs> He's like, I love that show. It really found its voice in the 40th episode. Yeah. <laughs> He's our subscriber, guys. He's our subscriber. It's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh. All right. So let's wrap up episode 44. 44. Any uh, any last words about America? I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend this book uh, to an adult, but if you want to <laughs> maybe spark a kid's interest in American history, this might be a good starting point. Right. 
Uh, I would say that I feel exactly the same way. I would also say that I love America for the same reasons that I hate America. And that is because (laughs) we are all allowed our freedoms and our ability to speak our minds. But unfortunately, that also includes letting idiots speak their minds. And for some reason, people like listening to them. Mm-hmm. Eat the rich. Eat the yeah, rich. Yeah, eat the rich. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, don't listen to them. Recycle the rich. Eating recycle them gives you the rich. It's, it's poor digestion. So okay, just make compost sure to recycle the rich. Them. Regrow the rainforests. Compost the rich <laughs> for community gardens. Ooh, there, yeah. you go. there you go. <laughs> to feed there you go. homeless children. There. <laughs> we solved it. <sighs> we right. did. We just solved world hunger. <laughs> I will say, like sanctioning all of Russia's rich people as they're trying to make war is exactly the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe yep. we should sh- sanction all of, uh, all of the American oligarchs that are just avoiding taxes. Yep, sanction them until they'll pay people. Yeah, or, or, and, and their taxes. Can, <laughs> maybe we can get Russia on that, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the American people have too hard a time not giving money to these rich people. Oh, absolutely. No, we just need more people out there like Dan Sharp. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's that CEO who like 10 years ago decided to start paying his all of his employees $70,000 oh, yeah. a year. Yeah, uh, like Seattle CEO on Twitter. Yep. Whatever. Yep. Yeah, I get his tweets every so often. Yeah. And in, in like his company is doing amazing and all his people are extremely happy and love working there and go figure. <laughs> right. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, we need more bosses like that, dude. Yeah, somebody who understands. I saw I saw a TikTok with him today. He was talking. He was he was talking about the whole Kim Kardashian tell people to get off their fucking asses and go to work, like we aren't already going to fucking work. And he was like, you know, he's like, this is kind of crappy. He's like, people do want to work. He was like, we we just got eight hundred resumes for the one customer service job that we posted online. And he's like, it's Mm -hmm. not that people don't want to work. It's that people want to be treated with dignity and paid a wage that allows them to live. For sure. (laughs) Exactly. He gets that. And that's And we want life to not be so expensive. Right, right. Well, you know, the thing is, if wages go up, the cost of living will keep going up. It's not like, you know, the cost of living has kept going up and wages haven't gone up. Right. They're right. going up without wages going up. Yeah, it's not, exactly. It's, like, it's, it's not crazy. exactly that they're tied together. They aren't tied together. They aren't tied together at all because the cost of living has steadily risen over my mm-hmm. adult life and mm-hmm. wages have only gone up one time in my <laughs> adult life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Children's books. Children's books. Midwest. (laughs) This is what happens. (laughs) All right. So we'll come back at you next week with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis, where I'm sure we'll give it to Christianity. Hmm. Well, well, I at least know that we have a lot more to talk about with that book because oh, it actually yeah. does have a lot going on. Yes. It. I like the I like the book. It, it you has know, a lot of literary merit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good we book. It'll be fun to, to talk get about. Into tangents. Yeah, it's fun. Topics. No, no. It kind of feels like uh, like when we read Wrinkle in Time or Ender's Game. It actually has something to talk about. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready for that one. We haven't had a book like that for a minute. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, some of these books are classics for a reason. Absolutely. So, yeah, you'll be able to find us talking about that next week. We'll have Janelle on the show, and uh, it'll be great. So, can't wait. So, until next time, yep, support your local libraries. Give a shit. Read some lit. Have a good one. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss.
This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends and part of the 989 Podcast Network. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgic friends, and most importantly, rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible Podcasts, and Spotify. Did I mention we really want some Spotify ratings right now? Your ratings and reviews go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. You're also invited to join the growing Reliterated community on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And if you really want to get nuts, we have a Discord too. So bing us and join us in this nonsense. If you have a book suggestion for a future episode or have questions for us, send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Did he really say that? Yeah, he did. His his <laughs> okay. outro was stealing from Dr. Seuss. No, I quoted <sighs> Dr. Seuss. If I stole it, I wouldn't have said Dr. Seuss. I would have just said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you stole it in front of everybody then instead. I I quoted him. What else do I need to do? What I else do I need to do? I acknowledge Josh that, Hazard. Yeah, fuck you. You know what? I acknowledged him. That's what I need to do when you quote somebody. So X gonna give it to you. DMX. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if we're gonna start doing it like like wrinkle in time, yeah, that's Mrs. Witch or which one whatever one it was. Mrs. What's it? Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Just gonna bust a rhyme. Ah, but Buster rhymes. But <laughs> <laughs> that's all, folks. Pork and pig. <laughs>